Hi, and you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. Okay, and also before I jump in, the life hacks at the end of this episode, I just kind of wrapped it into the end of the episode. I give you guys some practical resources and people that I recommend connecting with in order to grow in your personal uh, prophetic journey. And so I tie that in at the end of the episode. So if you'd like to know who some of those people are, people that I recommend, then make sure you stay tuned till the end. I hope you love the episode. So we all know 2020 has been insane and it has challenged and tested all of us in various ways and sometimes multiple ways. And honestly, if there was ever a time in life that we need to know how to hear God's voice, hear his direction, hear his thoughts, understand his bigger picture perspective of life, this is the time. And it makes this topic so relevant. All believers, all Christians have the spirit of God living in them. You have the mind of Christ and God promises in scripture to speak to us and tell us great and unsearchable things that we wouldn't otherwise know. The Bible says he shares his secrets with the prophets. The Bible also says that he doesn't do anything in the earth unless he tells his friends, the prophets first. And that's because he always wants the church to have the heads up, have the leg up and be on top of things. And so It's just such an exciting thing. Um, Hearing God's voice and the term prophetic are synonymous. They are the same. Prophetic is the technical term for when you are hearing God's voice. So we talked a little bit about this, or we talked about this in the last episode. We talked about the culture of the prophetic. And um, I feel like I kind of put these two episodes out of order. And I apologize. I had not recorded this one because I did not record my first class. So I'm recording it now um, because I want to make sure to give you guys these foundational pieces. So basically, what is the prophetic? People don't always understand what that is. But it's the ability to hear God's voice. Everybody, I mean, like, I feel like everybody, whether you're a Christian or not, everybody has this innate desire to know what God is saying to them or if God is saying anything. Like, it's just kind of this fascinating thing. That's why you have psychics. That's why you have all these shows that are about, like, spiritual activity and the the invisible realm. And, you know, it fascinates us because we are spiritual beings and you have a spirit. And if you have received um, Jesus as your Savior, the Bible says he gave you his Holy Spirit to live inside of you as your comforter and your counselor and your teacher. And God promises to speak to us and to guide us in this life. And for those who are looking deeper, he actually promises to give us insight about mysteries and secrets and treasures um, that are in treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are in heaven. And so I want to help awaken inside of you a hunger for the things of God's voice and for God's knowledge. So first of all, the definition of the prophetic or the basic description is to see um, or to hear what God is saying or what he's doing. So you can have visions and pictures flash through your mind, or you can actually hear his voice in your heart. It's very 
it's very subtle. It's typically not a big booming voice. Um, but we see examples of this in Jesus's life. In John 5, 19, Jesus said to his disciples, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. So Jesus showed us by his example that he lives a totally spirit, spirit-led spirit life. He lives by the example of the Father. And then Jesus also says in John 8, um, 828 says, so Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority, but I speak just as the father has taught me. And in Romans 814, it says that all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. And we're told many times that we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And so there's a lot of scriptures. There's honestly so many. Um, that point to the uh, example of Jesus living more in tune with what the Father would say in the spirit realm than what our natural senses would say. And so basically the Christian life and being led by the Spirit is about us learning how to follow the leading of our spirit man, of, of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Um, to break it down, I don't know if I covered this in the last episode, but you are a three-part being, right? You have a spirit, which is the part of you that gets saved when you give your life to Jesus and is made perfect right away. Your spirit is also the part of you that gives you life. That's what God breathed into you to give you life. Um, you also have a soul, which is your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions. It's basically the inner you that is totally subject to you and it's your personality you're in charge of it you're in charge of your own spirit too but your spirit is made totally perfect when you get saved your soul which is your own thinking your own desires um, your own reasoning all of that is becoming made like christ that's the part of you that you're making decisions to choose righteousness over sin. That's the part of you that's becoming more like Jesus. Um, and then your body is the third aspect of who you are. And so your spirit and your soul are both very, very important. And your spirit is the part of you that communicates with God directly. And then your soul catches on after a second. <laughs> so you're, we want to live where we live spirit first, soul second, and then body last. And so when you're making decisions, if I'm led by my soul, I'm going to be led by my emotions rather than say wisdom. Wisdom um, or self-control, the fruits of the spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, all that, those are all fruits of someone who's led by their spirit, not their emotions. Um, if I'm led by my soul or my emotions or my own will, my own desires, my own perspectives, my own selfishness, then I'm going to actually not reach my fullest potential and probably not operate in the best version of myself because our souls can be, I mean, you know, we've all had a bad day. If I'm on my period and I'm PMSing and I'm super hecka cranky, I have to really call forward my spirit to lead my heart on those days 
<laughs> and, you know, if you're going through a hard time, if you've gone through a difficult relationship or the death of someone you love, your soul goes through it. Um, and your soul is like a roller coaster, but your spirit man offers stability because your spirit man is rooted in truth and rooted in the love of God. And so we want to live our lives spirit first, soul second, body last. Okay. So moving on. So as Christians, we are actually developing, or the goal is to develop our sensitivity to our spiritual senses. You have five natural senses, and the spirit is actually a parallel of the natural or vice versa. And so just like you have five natural senses, you actually have five spiritual senses as well. 1 Corinthians 15.44 talks about it is it is. You are sown a natural body and you are raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is a spiritual body also. So everything you have in your natural body, you have in your spiritual body. Um, so natural senses translate. Mark 8.18 says, Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Every time in scripture where he's talking about seeing but not perceiving or hearing but not understanding he's talking about that those inner senses that inner sense of discovery awareness learning um and so if someone looks at you like and it's like why are you so blind you know you may be seeing with your physical eyes but your inner eyes may not be grasping what you're seeing does that make sense and so that's your spiritual senses so your spirit, your physical sense of sight is the, sp the spiritual sense of sight is actually um, your spiritual eyes. Matthew 13, 16 talks about blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. So your spiritual sense of sight is your spiritual sense of seeing. You have a spiritual sense of hearing. Matthew 13, 16 also talks about. You have a spiritual sense of taste. Matthew 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And so there's tasting. There's a, a, a like, like experiencing God on the inside. Um, God's word is frequently likened to food. 1 Peter 2, 3 also talks about, If indeed you have tasted the Lord, that he is good. Um, John 6 33 talks about the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world talking about Jesus Hebrews 5 12 through 14 talks about um, we need milk not solid food for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness because he's a child but solid food is for the mature for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So that one actually talks about the fact that our spiritual powers, our spiritual senses and discernment can be trained and sharpened by constant practice. And so we see in the word that it's actually important that we begin to exercise the development of our spiritual senses. You also have a spiritual sense of touch. Luke eight forty six says, but Jesus said, someone touched me for I perceived that power has gone out for me. Now, he was in a crowd, and people were touching him like crazy. So he's not talking about physical touch because everybody was touching him. He was talking about someone touched him spiritually with their faith because he felt power go out from him. So that's your spiritual sense of touch. Um, Luke 7.13 also describes this spiritual sense of touch or feeling. Um, 
it says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Matthew 9, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Your spiritual sense of touch is your ability to feel and even to feel the emotions and feel the spiritual climate of people around you. That's your spiritual sense of touch. Your spiritual sense of smell is all about discernment. So Psalms 115.6 says they have ears, but they do not hear, and noses, but they do not smell. It's talking about discernment. Amos 5.21 says, I hate and I despise your feasts. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Okay, I don't know why that verse is there. I did that in class too, and I was like, why did I put that there? Scratch that verse. 2 Corinthians 2.14-16 says, Thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. How does the knowledge of God have a fragrance? Hmm. Probably because you have a spiritual sense of smell. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. And to one, a fragrance from death to death. And to the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? So there's a number of passages that speak of that spiritual sense of smell. Some people I've encountered where I have been in worship and suddenly I smell um, this really pleasant smell of flowers. And people have talked about that's the fragrance of the Lord when he's nearby. Some people have smelt baked bread. I've smelled that before. And that's the presence of revelation um, nearby. And so every now and again, your spiritual senses will cross over into your natural senses and they'll, they'll interact with each other. It's kind of, kind of neat. And the more that we train ourselves to pay attention and be aware, then the more adept we become at discerning those moments. So there's three levels of the prophetic of spiritual sight. Okay. Well, actually, let me, let me describe, um, those spiritual senses that I just listed, in Ephesians 4, it talks about the fivefold offices or the fivefold ministry. Um, that's what we call it, but it describes the pastor, the teacher, the apostle, the prophet, and the evangelist. Those are people who those are called to those offices, and their job is to equip the saints, equip believers in those five areas so that they might be fully mature and complete believers. Um, those are the Christ gifts. You'll see in Ephesians 4, it talks about these are the, uh, it says in verse 8, or in verse 4, or chapter 4, sorry. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to be mature believers in the measure of the full stature of Christ. And so Jesus gave gifts. The Father gave gifts, the Spirit gave gifts, and Jesus gave gifts. And the gifts that Jesus gave to us was the fivefold ministers, the mature believers who are going to be like older brothers, older sisters, who help to mature us in these areas um, of the faith. And so ironically, the pastor, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and apostle, they all correlate to the five different senses. So each one of them is responsible for awakening and activating 
a spiritual sense inside of you. Isn't that cool? So the prophet is connected to the spiritual sense of seeing. They awaken the spiritual seer inside of you. That's why in the Old Testament, oftentimes they'd call prophets seers. They awaken the sense of of seeing in the spirit inside of you. The apostle awakens your sense of hearing, ability to hear what God is saying and hear his direction. Um, kind of like you would hear a father's voice. The apostle functions like a father almost, like in a fatherly way, setting order, setting correction, setting direction. Um, they awaken your sense of hearing. The teacher awakens your sense of smell or discernment. The ability, they teach you how to discern between truth and falsehood. And so teaching helps you to recognize what's true and what's false. They awaken that sense of discernment in you. The evangelist is awakening the sense of taste inside of you. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Think about when you when you taste something that's delicious. You go, oh my gosh, this cheesecake is amazing. What's the first thing we want to do? We want everybody else to try it, right? <laughs> like, you've got to take a bite. Try this. It's so good. You're going to love it. We always want to share what tastes delicious, right? Well, that's how the evangelist operates. Oh my gosh, you've got to taste and see how good God is. Here, why don't you try him? Let me share Jesus with you. That's how the evangelist operates. So they awaken your sense of taste and your eagerness to share the Father with people. And then lastly, the sense of touch or feeling is the pastor. The pastor has a compassionate shepherding heart. They impart the heart of God and feeling the needs of the people around you. And so as we sit, and this is why being planted in a church is important and that you are connected to all the fivefold. As these people awaken all of your spiritual senses, you can see how then you would be able to begin to operate as a, a well-rounded, mature believer. If you're able to see spiritually the visions of God and see what God is showing you, if you're able to hear God's voice and hear the Father's direction, if you're able to discern between truth and falsehood, the, the smell, if you're able to experience God and share that with other people, and you're able to be sensitive to the feelings and the, and the condition of the people around you and to impart the heart of God to others, that's a mature believer, and that's what it looks like when all five of the fivefold is awakened inside of you, all five senses. So with that, okay, so we're going to angle in right on the sense of seeing because seeing is what the prophet is about. So we're studying the prophetic, right? So there are three levels of the prophetic. There is um, what we call the spirit of prophecy, which is a momentary grace, when a spirit falls on when the spirit of god falls on someone and causes them to prophesy um this we see this in scripture in a number of places in revelation 19:10 um it talks about how it says worship god for the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy when you get in worship and you're excuse me and you're connecting with the father and you are encountering jesus you start to have visions you start to see his heart you start to, to see um, most people, when they get caught up in worship and they're connecting with Jesus, they have a vision or they hear his voice or they have some kind of an encounter where they see God or see something. They see a, a picture he's showing them or whatever. 
um, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so in that moment, that moment where you're awakened to a spirit of prophecy, that's what we call a spirit of prophecy. It's, it's an encounter, it's a moment, and it's a grace that can come on you in any moment, particularly in worship when you're spending time with the Lord. Um, but we also see in 1 Samuel chapter 10, when Saul was anointed um, and he arrived at Gibeah, uh, a procession of prophets met him and it says the spirit of God came powerfully upon him and he joined them in their prophesying. And then in chapter 19, it happened to his men. It said, so he sent men to capture somebody. Um, but when they saw a group of prophets prophesying with Samuel standing there as their leader, the spirit of God came on Saul's men and they also prophesied. And so we can be touched in a moment by the spirit of God and he can give us a grace to prophesy. Okay, so that's the first level. Anybody can encounter the spirit of prophecy. Um, secondly is a gift of prophecy in, in first Corinthians, it talks about, um, the gifts of the spirit and there's a gift of prophecy in there. And it says someone who, or a, a gift of prophecy is someone who carries a gift to function prophetically, maybe in dreams, maybe in words of knowledge, maybe in words of encouragement or wisdom, but they don't necessarily have an office calling to equip other believers, um, that office calling, or sorry, the gift of prophecy often comes through impartation when, when people pray over you and release that gift to you, or it can actually be given from birth. I think a lot of like psychics are actually gifted with the gift of prophecy, but it's just submitted to the wrong spirit. Um, it's not connected to the spirit that it was intended to be connected to. And so you can carry a gift of prophecy from birth. If you have a have always had a tendency um, towards prophetic things or towards seeing or um, being real sensitive to spiritual realm, then you may have a gift of prophecy. If you're a dreamer, you dream a lot, you may have a gift of prophecy. 1 Timothy 4.14 says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift that you have received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. That's an example of the fact that this gift can be imparted to you. Romans 12 um, talks about that we have different gifts according to the grace given us and that prophecy, we're to use it in proportion to our faith. If service, then serve. If teaching, then teach. If you're an encourager, then encourage. If you're a giver, then give generously. If you're a leader, lead with zeal. If you're a mercy person, give mercy cheerfully. And so it's distinguishing there's different gifts that all serve different purposes. Prophecy is not all of them. There are many different ones, but prophecy is one of them. So that's your second level of the gift of, of, of prophecy. The first is the spirit of prophecy, which can happen in a moment. The gift of prophecy is someone who carries that gift and operates in it all throughout their life or it's imparted to them and is something they can operate in consistently. Um, and then lastly, the highest level is the office of a prophet. And that is what we described in Ephesians 4, the fivefold ministers. Um, they're the ones who are typically leaders in the church and their responsibility is they carry, it's a weighty responsibility. They're the ones that get tested in that gift in some ridiculous ways. <laughs> And so that's a tougher one to fulfill. But their job is to activate your sense of seeing. 
that is actually something that has been spoken over me is that I carry the gift of the pro or the office of the prophet. And that's also why I consistently find myself being pulled on to teach on the prophetic. That's just what God's put in me and what he's called me to. And so he creates those opportunities for me to, to release that to people. First um, Timothy 4.14 is, again, we talked about it, the gifts that are released to you. I do think that um, people who carry a gift of the prophetic, if they're very faithful with it, then the Lord may um, promote people into the office of a prophet. Or perhaps they just didn't know they were called to the office and the Lord just reveals it over time. Um, I think it can go both ways, but not every prophetic person is called to the office. I mean, not everyone can be a teacher, right? Um, everyone needs to learn and then go out and work in the fields. And so few will be teachers, but all can learn. So um, let's see. And now let me describe, there's a little bit of a difference between how you can hear the voice of God or receive what God is showing you. And there's, you've probably heard me use these phrases a little bit already. There's seeing and then there's hearing. Now hearing does connect to the apostle, but in the prophetic, seeing and hearing both both kind of fit under the umbrella of the prophetic. Um, in the Old Testament, they used to call prophets seers because that's the primary function of a prophet is to see visions, um, to see things with their spiritual eyes. But in your imagination, in your imagination is where you will see the things that God is wanting to show you. Um, if you were to close your eyes right now and I say, imagine, picture an apple and you picture an apple in your head, that is your imagination. If I say, close your eyes and picture a beautiful sunset, you can close your eyes and you can picture a beautiful sunset. Now, people who regularly use their imagination to dream up things, they're actually, they actually have, have strengthened the muscle of seeing on the inside. And they actually will find that it's probably much easier to operate in the prophetic quickly once they learn to discern um, their imaginations and God's imaginations. And so... It's important that you protect your imagination. This is where you will see dreams and visions. With my kids, I, I use the illustration of the importance of protecting your imagination. It's like if you go to the movies, and if everyone throws their nachos, sodas, and popcorn at the movie screen, and then you try to watch the movie, it's going to be very disruptive. You're not going to see the movie clearly. You might miss things because it's covered in junk, right? Your imagination is the same. That's the TV screen that God is going to show you his pictures on. And if your imagination is filled with filth, um, then you're actually, it's like you're throwing your nachos on the screen of your imagination and you can't expect to see very vividly or clearly if you are constantly filling your imagination with what's ungodly. I find that if I watch a movie that's really gory or violent, like like battle scenes and stuff, I can't leave that movie and then go sit with the Lord and have all kinds of visions. Like it, it, it really disrupts my imagination. 
And so I actually have to really protect my imagination. There's just certain things that I have to protect my eyes from because it disrupts my ability to see in the spirit as easily. Um, the Bible says that the pure in heart will see God. And so there's a direct connection between keeping your heart pure and being able to see the imaginations that God would show you. And so it's important that you protect your imagination, what you're dreaming up during the day. Don't dream up all kinds of scary scenarios if your kid was in an accident or blah, blah, blah. Don't dream up scary stuff. That's called vain imaginations. Don't use your imagination, which is a tool God gave you, to dream up scary things that are going to defile your imagination. If you're going to dream up something, dream up the things of God. Like when you read the Bible, for example, take the time to read it slowly and really picture all the different elements that could be at work in what you're reading. If you're reading about Mary and Joseph, you know, imagine what it was like for Mary to give birth sitting on a bunch of straw in a stinky stable and it might have been cold because it was nighttime in December. She might have been shaking. You know what I mean? Like imagine when you're reading the word, really dig into your imagination and that will help you actually begin to sharpen your ability to see when God wants to show you things. Hearing is another aspect of hearing God's voice and basically you're discerning his heart and hearing his voice in your heart or in his word. Excuse me, my throat is getting dry. And so hearing his voice is a part of the prophetic, but the part we're focusing on is mostly the seeing. My husband, he carries more of an apostolic. He's an apostle. And so I find that he, he, he'll see stuff. He'll see visions and see pictures when he's praying for people, but he hears a lot. I find that I see a lot more than, than I hear. I can do both, but seeing is kind of my comfort zone, where for him, hearing is more his comfort zone. And I carry a prophetic um, mantle, and that's for seeing, and he carries an apostolic mantle, which is for hearing. So it's kind of neat how we see that consistent in our lives too. Um, there's another aspect of, of the prophetic. You may have heard this phrase if you've been in church circles, but where someone will speak out like an oracle. An oracle is when you your voice is used by God in a divine moment. You're just touched in a divine way, and God releases um, his words through your mouth. And so you speak almost as though you're speaking like you're God's voice. This happens sometimes. I don't operate in this a whole lot. I could, um, but I don't operate in that a whole lot and that's okay. Um, but I do see, I see dreams. I actually work in dream interpretation as well. And, uh, and it was funny whenever I, whenever I kind of got discouraged with the prophetic at one point in my life, I was like, whatever, forget the prophetic. I'm just going to put it down. I'm going to stop trying. I got tired. I got burnt out. And I was like, Lord, if you want to speak to me about somebody, you're just going to have to wake it back up. And I just kind of almost like put that gifting down and walked away from it. And interestingly enough, that's when the Lord led me into a season of dreams and dream interpretation. So I thought I was walking away from my gift, but the Lord just steered me into another aspect of my gift, which was just funny and sweet. Um, and so dreams, visions, flash pictures, it's all a part of it. 
So you might be asking, well, how do I develop my own sense of seeing? I love that you asked that because that's the whole point. Um, 1 Corinthians 14 says, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, and no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. So in other words, you should prophesy because he who prophesies edifies the people around him. So the Bible says, ask for it, pursue it, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. James 1.5 also says, if any of you lacks wisdom, which also can mean a skill or a gift or a talent, then let him ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. Um, so both of these passages are saying you can ask for this. What I also love is there's so many verses that talk about where God is like, I will speak to you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, and then you will come and you will pray to me and I will show you great and unsearchable things that you did not know. And there are, there's just so many verses, Jeremiah 1, 5, I feel like I can't remember it off the top of my head, but there's so many that talk about seek me and I will guide you. Seek me and I will show you. There's another one in the Old Testament that says, as you are going, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, go you in it. In other words, this is the way, this is where you walk. And so as you're, as you're living your life, you'll hear a voice giving you instruction and saying, this is the way, this is what you do. And there's, there's so many passages that God says, I'm going to speak to you. The word also says that you have the mind of Christ, that you have the spirit of God. It also says in, in Romans chapter eight, that he who has a spirit or the, who knows the heart of a man, except the heart and mind of a man, except for the spirit of that man. And it says, so it is. Who knows the heart and mind of God except for the Spirit of God? But you have that Spirit inside of you. So you actually have the heart and mind of God living inside of you. So obtaining God's heart is not really the issue. The issue is tuning in, tuning past your physical senses and past your human understanding and tuning into God's voice and God's uh, God's heart and God's mind, that's really what this journey is about. So if the Spirit of God lives in you, you have access to His Spirit of prophecy because He lives inside of you. Jesus died on the cross so that His Spirit could live in you. God had to speak to His people through prophets before because that was their only access to God was through the priest and through the prophets. God doesn't want to have to live a secondhand relationship with you. He sent Jesus so he could live a firsthand relationship with you, one-on-one -on -one from the inside. Okay, another way that you can activate the prophetic in you is to connect with established prophets. And there are so many prophets that I can point you guys to that are solid, solid prophets. Um, Romans 1.11 says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. When you connect with a prophet who's operating in that office, his responsibility is to impart spiritual gifts to you and to awaken your spiritual sense. So if you want to awaken your spiritual sense of sight, you need to connect with a prophet who carries that anointing. 
And some prophets I can recommend, Chris Vallotton. He's from Bethel Church in um, Redding, California. Also, Sean Bowles. His last name is B-O-L-Z. He has a couple incredible books. Um, in fact, this will be our life hack. These resources will be my life hack for this episode. Um, Sean Bowles has a book called God's Secrets and Translating God. And both of those are great books. He actually has a course that you can sign up for. I think it's like $50. And it's a whole course that teaches you how to grow in the prophetic. And so, listen, even even being connected to prophets who are from far away just by reading their books and watching their videos, that still awakens the prophetic inside of you because they still, their voice, their, their voice and the things they're saying still carries that anointing to awaken the prophetic inside of you. I used to listen to Kim Clement all the time. He's a, a prophet that passed a couple years ago. Kim Clement. Um, Bob Jones is another one I listen to. Chuck Pierce, he's another one. Um, Barbie Brethit, she's a great one. John Paul Jackson, these are all great men and women of God. Um, Cindy Jacobs, oh my gosh, there's so many. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson is one. Nate Johnston is another. Um, let's see, there's a bunch. Anyways, um, Sid Roth, uh, has a show called It's Supernatural, and he has all kinds of prophets on there all the time. Anyways, by connecting with them, I used to listen to Kim Clement, and I found that I would go on walks, and I would listen to Kim Clement while I would go on my walks. And I found that in the time that I was listening to Kim Clement, my spiritual sight got a lot sharper, and I got to where when I'd be at church praying for people, I could see things over their lives um, with way more clarity and way more ease than I could before. And so even just sitting under their teachings, even just sitting through this series on my podcast, it will begin to awaken. It'll begin to cause you to pay attention and to honor that sense inside of you. It'll begin to give you an increased sensitivity that you didn't have before. And so that is what I have for today's episode, which is the foundations of the prophetic. So just to recap, you have spiritual senses. The prophetic awakens specifically your spiritual sense of sight. There are three levels of the prophetic, a spirit of prophecy, which all believers have access to, even sometimes unbelievers, when the spirit of God falls on them, they could prophesy. Um, and that's because you've been exposed to the spirit of God and he can fall on you in that way. The gift of prophecy and, and the spirit of prophecy can also especially get stirred up during worship and, and times when you're pursuing God's face and God's heart. The spirit of prophecy, or sorry, gift of prophecy is the second one, which is a gift that you carry. Whether you're a believer or not, it's a gift that you may carry from birth. Um, and that's where we get psychics who maybe are not serving the Lord, but they do carry a, a spiritual gift of prophecy. Um, it's just not submitted to the right spirit. Uh, and so as a believer, if you have a tendency towards dreams, things like that, you may carry a gift of prophecy if you see visions and stuff. Uh, and then the third level of the prophetic is the um, office of the prophet. And those are fewer. They're the ones who have been called by God to be teachers in the body of Christ, to train up the body of Christ, to use their spiritual sense of sight. So that's the foundations. That's the basics. 
um, again, you can to awaken and activate your spiritual sense of sight, you ask God. Say, God, I want you to release a spirit and a gift of prophecy to me. I want you to touch me and to help me begin to see and use my imagination for you. Listen, your imagination is where you will see these visions. Um, when you have dreams, it's your imagination. When you close your eyes and you, when you're reading the word of God and you experience his word and it like plays out in your mind, that's your imagination. So begin to ask God to purify your imagination. Pay attention. If you tend to think of fearful things um, or you watch movies or you listen to music or whatever that, that puts negative images in your mind, you might want to step back from that and ask the Lord, God, is that getting in the way of me seeing what you want to show me? And, and maybe just even do a fast for a little while from those specific types of entertainment and see if it helps you. I would also, again, another way to awaken your imagination and your seeing is look up some prophets online and sit under their teachings and glean from them. Sean Bowles is a great one. I really recommend him. He's very down to earth and practical and simple. He's a great place to start. So Sean Bowles and Chris Valatin are probably the two I really point people to first. Um, and you, they, they both have podcasts and they're both on YouTube. And so you can like binge listen to their stuff. So I hope this was helpful. Um, again, stay tuned, you guys. This is a whole series. Uh, we're going to get into emotionally healthy prophetic because sometimes prophetic people can get a little weird or emotionally um, interesting and it can actually mess with the gift or it can really enhance your gift depending on how you're handling your own soul and so being emotionally healthy is an important aspect of this uh, we're going to get into words of knowledge which is hearing secrets from God about people to minister to them and that is super fun we talked I talked on that in class last night and it was so powerful so Share this episode if it um, was helpful for you. I know I've gotten a lot of feedback already that you guys are really appreciating this, that it's really giving you some good foundations. And so feel free to share it with a friend and you guys talk about it. And if you want, email me, message me, shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram and um, let me know what you think. Let me know if you have questions because this is why I do it. I want this to be an investment into you guys to add value to your life. So thanks for listening. I'll catch you next week with part three of Understanding the Prophetic. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say hey. It's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Thank you to each of you for your ongoing support. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Until next time, remember, you've got this and God's got you.